Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media. Sorry, guys, we've been off for a few days. We just had a lot of stuff we had to deal with and did not have time to give you a quality audio. Welcome, Thomas. Betsy, it's been a heck of a however long a period this time has been. It's been so, so horrible on me because I missed five Truth News headlines in a row because of this, because my uh, undercover work, and uh, I, I can't miss a single day. And so... Uh, I'm still trying to catch up. So you had to catch up, oh. and now we can regurgitate in an intelligent way what has happened over the last few days. And on this audio, I want to focus on three names. You're going to talk to me about Mad Dog Jim Mattis. <laughs> We're going to look at George Papadopoulos and also what's going on with James Baker. Plus, at the end, I have a question that Jackie asked, and I want to make sure that you get it fresh. I'm not telling you what the question is. So, out the gate, Mad Dog Mattis. Uh, last week, Trump said, you know, he's kind of a Democrat. <laughs> he got the guy who was going to squish ISIS. Now, the reason he's, he may be leaving is because, um, just like everybody said, why are you getting this mad dog? Uh, now, remember, ISIS is cropping up here and there. ISIS cropped up again in Syria. Mad dog. And then mad dog hasn't really helped out much in Syria. But when Trump hired him... He said, I want you to annihilate ISIS. And Mad Dog is someone who loves killing people. I mean this. Take a look. Listen to him. He believes that he is really chosen to be the one to kill whoever the president says is an enemy. And that included what Obama said was an enemy. Anybody, anybody designated an enemy, Mad Dog was happy to kill them. But what if those enemies are being funded by the United States and the CIA? Wouldn't the way to take them down be not bull be bullets and bombs, but be through their financial transactions? Mad Dog, just like General Kelly and all of them, knew we were giving that Obama was giving $1 billion a year to ISIS uh, in, just in Syria alone. So yes, you see, that's why people were so mad. Why did you get this crazy killer? I mean, this is a worse than a serial killer. This is a, he'd be a mass murderer if given one half of a chance to do so. Trump has had to rein him in the entire time. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but let's just say this. Mad Dog Mattis was a useful idiot who is a ruthless killer. And we needed one to step up because Obama had decimated all aspects of our military. He had fired more generals and admirals than anyone, any president in history, maybe as many as all presidents in history put together. No kidding. I mean, he annihilated our armed forces. And people quit and people left. And he would, um, as you know, didn't give them the money. We didn't have equipment to do things uh, to, to even win the wars that they, he was fighting, right? But he had lots of bombs because bombs feed certain companies that are the companies to get a lot of money for that. So bombs and bombs and bombs, and then continuous war. But really, the war was on who? Terrorism. What did Obama do about terrorism? What did Mad Dog Mattis do about terrorism? Nothing. They promoted it. Well, of course they, they did, because that feeds the military-industrial complex. Absolutely. And they it feeds their desire for power and their a psychopathic desire to kill people. Let's remember that Obama killed over 2 million people and dropped over 200,000 bombs on eight countries we, the Congress never declared war against. All because he had an alliance, or he had a UN this or that, or he, because he wanted to. 
And because George Soros said he needed those people, 60 million people, to become refugees and start this invasion of Europe they call the migrants. Well, Mad Dog was complicit in all of that, of course. And Mad Dog, when he came to power, annihilated ISIS in a matter of what? I mean, literally, I'm not, I, I don't want to say it because it would be sounding like gross exaggeration. In a matter of months, ISIS was annihilated. Why? Because they were finally targeted and because we stopped giving ISIS a billion dollars a year and because of the five factions we were funding in Syria, we stopped funding all of them and the last speck of them that were mercenaries who were spending the last money got caught up in a, in a certain battle where we literally had all five of the sides in Syria that we funded all fighting each other. And when they retreated, both sides left all kinds of, well, actually there was multiple groups there. At least two of them left a lot of equipment that was all American equipment. So Mad Dog Mattis was complicit in all of that. He just wants war and he's a Democrat. What do Democrats want? War, war, war. What? To, to, to always save, uh, supposedly, rhetorically, when they speak and when they uh, virtue signal, they say they want democracy. No, they don't. They want Mad Dog Mattis to maintain the American superiority so the clash of nations stays beneath us. Well, the war that's going on is actually the one that the globalists have pitted against the citizens of the world, and we get it. Um, and so we're going to see a number of Trump people that he originally assigned or promoted or, you know, designated in their jobs to be let go or they'll be resigning. And one that comes to mind that happened right before Mattis's um, meeting, I guess they had a lunch meeting together, Trump and Mattis, um, is Nikki Haley leaving the UN. Good riddance, I say. Oh, oh, Lord. Also, one more thing about Mad Dog. Trump doesn't need to fire anybody. He shows their incompetence. Well, right now, happens? the incompetence is that ISIS is coming back and Mad Dog Mattis isn't doing a dadgum thing about it. Maybe he's working on the other side. And if he's leaving, it's only because he's going to corporate military mercenaries where he'll make 100 times as much as he makes working for the government, take all of the secrets, all of the inside track, and, and then go work for our enemies. And his security clearance. Oh, and his security clearance. But the thing is, is that we're, as the as our this war is progressing... The um, the puppets and these folks, they're showing who they are. I mean, Nikki Haley clearly showed who she is, as Mattis has now shown who he is. Well, Nikki Haley, as we said, is leaving because there ain't no more job there for her. The UN is passé. It is over. Now, as Trump said when he came to power, he said to Nikki in the first year, I am defunding the United Nations by 50%. She didn't like that. And so she tried to stand up for the old way. And she literally stood up as part of the resistance to Trump. It was disgusting. Trump let her go. Why? Because... No, she gave her, quote unquote, resignation. No, no. I, I mean, let her go back then talking about him, talking bad about him. She said oh. horrible things about Trump. She literally said, I am not going to take the, the, the opinion of the president who put me in this job into the UN. I'm going to have my own opinion and I'm actually going to make statements against my own president at first. And then something magic happened. I don't know what it was. I never really looked into it. Then she became a warmonger. 
And she started to war against the United Nations. But she's always been that way. When she was the governor, she clearly came out against Trump during the primaries. The lieutenant governor was pro-Trump. So I thought it was a brilliant move. Move Nikki into the UN where you know in the end you're going to defund it. Get her out of that position. The lieutenant governor moves up. He's now the governor, now a full Trump supporter. And Nikki Haley, bye-bye, girlfriend. She's going into private practice or whatever she does in the private world. Well, once they get a high position like that, of course, they just uh, make a lateral move to a, a job that's 10 times as much, 100 times as much. Because why? When you're looking at the big flow of money, uh, just like Clinton's or any president has ever done, they just simply go and they put a dam there. They dam up some of the money. That's what she'll do. She'll make a ton of money now. And Trump knew that. Trump knew he was connecting her to her future and that he was trying to turn the uh, Omega child into the Alpha child. He was trying to turn her, his enemy into his friend because he didn't care about the UN. He point blank told them, you might as well pack it up because I'm going to demolish your building and I'm going to put a Trump Towers on it. No, not a Trump Towers. It'll have to be called something different. But after he's president, he can go back to being Trump Towers. So the point is, is that the UN is, is over. And the refugee scam is over. The World Health Organization, it's over. We've defunded it. And we've defunded the stupid peacekeepers. Now, the criminal rapist peacekeepers, we're defunding. And he's going to destroy. He's going to destroy the World Bank. And he's doing it through the World Trade Organization and the International Monetary Fund. And soon, we're going to see that action with the United States Federal Reserve that we've been predicting. We should do a whole show just on that because exactly what we predicted happened. We're, we can tell you what is going on that no one else is about that, but we can't do it in this audio. Okay, so now I'll make sure that our next audio includes that delicious uh, discussion. And I want to move on to George Papadopoulos. I love this. Uh, the headline is, George Papadopoulos insists he was set up by UK spy Joseph Mifsud and John Brennan's toadies don't like it. But then George even tweeted out himself. If Joseph Mifsud, the professor, is indeed a British agent, as the Australian media has reported, it would mean that not only did the UK collude with the Obama administration to fabricate collusion and crimes, but that they themselves now risk their whole relationship with the USA. We, I howled when you read that to me. I howled. I laughed so hard. I did, I had to hold my head so it wouldn't explode. George is woke. George, after three years, is beginning to wake up because he says, if. <laughs> he starts it off with if. If Joseph Mifsud was a British spy. I see it. It just demonstrates. I used to make a lot of fun of Georgie Porgy and Georgie Papadopoulos because he thought he was having an affair with Putin's niece when he was don't embarrass him continuously like this at least he's stepping up and recognizing that he was being used by the deep state he's beginning to recognize and the, and the, the United joke Kingdom is and the spying that went on <laughs> with their intelligence group on a president of the united states in their poor pathetic attempt to overthrow the presidency you are right and your passion is correct betsy but i'm still laughing i can't get over the laughing well i'm not going to let you beat up george anymore oh he no out i now, have to and he has said he's called it out the way it is he's called it out because he read your truth news headlines betsy that is the only way he figured that out okay now he says if joseph mifsud was a british spy he was everyone knows that he was in this group this club that once a year, and remember, he's from Malta. 
okay? And he's a spy who worked in the spy university in Rome where he was set up by Michael, uh, uh, what's his last name, Gaeta or something like that. Anyway, he's a, he was a CIA agent in, in uh, Italy, in Rome, in this um, campus university where uh, this Maltese professor, uh, no, it was a CIA connection. It's a worldwide CIA connection training school. Everybody knows that. He was a British spy. He was p- trying to get into Russia. He never did. And he was part of also the Cambridge Intelligence Group and the Cambridge Intelligence Services. And Hayulik, uh, he worked with them. He worked with everybody. He, everybody knew Joseph Mifsud was like the slimiest creature in the intelligence world. Okay? That's who tried to... Oh, it's just beautiful if I tell the story. I, I wish I could tell it again, but you're not going to let me because you're not going to let me bash it. Oh, no. Now that you said that, you have to say it because people will beat me up in the comment box. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. So uh, Stefan Halper uh, tricked George Papadopoulos into thinking he was someone when he was put on a list of uh, foreign advisors for the Trump team when they demanded he didn't have one. So they very quickly got together a list. He had written a paper that wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't good. Really, he's kind of mediocre, milk toast. But they had to have people on this list. So he got on the list. And at one point down the line, he went to two different meetings, two whole meetings. Trump wasn't at either one of them. He wasn't a national uh, 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 international advisor. Uh, he was simply a guy who they talked with a couple times, twice, literally. But in England, an entire British movement involving Australians, Alexander Downer, a high commissioner, he worked with uh, Sir Richard Dearlove. He worked with Stephen Halper and others to... How about Malik Brown? I can't forget him. I'm Jeffrey sure. Patty. I just want to I'm make sure. sure they're named because the mainstream media, the propaganda media, is not calling this out. When are they going to do a blockbuster report on how the United Kingdom, the Queen, and the Privy Council tried to take down the American government? I'm glad you're going there because I'm not there yet. And that's really the big important point. I know, but that point. is where the there is. That is, is the big important point. And why is it taking so freaking long for them to get their act together? I watched Leslie Stahl the other day do, doing her 60-minute interview with Trump. She's a rabid woman. They are trying desperately to take him down. Everything. They put everything on the line. The Five Eyes Informal Agreement of Intelligence Exchange, which includes Australia and Britain, of course, Canada, New Zealand, and us, uh, two of those eyes need to be poked out, Australia and Britain, because they interfered in our election in the grossest way ever seen in U.S. history. Now, uh, Christopher Steele was their agent through Orbis Business International and his partner, two people in this company. and But they got all their information from us, from the our FBI, from the Obama administration, directly from the White House, Susan Rice, all of them, Loretta Lynch. They're all completely complicit in giving information and creating the uh, Russian uh, Trump-Russian dossier, as it's called, uh, the fallacious, ridiculous, salacious, uh, unverified piece of garbage that if you read it, you'd laugh. And that was, of course, now we found out that James Baker says, yes, they, uh, he has, James Baker's rolled over. And it's proven now from his testimony that this was a weaponization working directly for Hillary. Okay, for those who might have just dropped in on our audios for one of the first time, uh, quickly, well, who is James Baker? Uh, he's the chief counsel for Comey, uh, the group we call the Bunk Buddies, which had 12 different names, which is the now Robert Mueller attack, uh, special investigation against Trump, uh, which started, of course, with uh, uh, John Brennan, the CIA, and a counterintelligence operation uh, connected to the... 
um, FBI and the uh, Department of Justice through, uh, of course, Peter Strzok. So, you know, what was really going on here is exactly what you say. The British were are caught red-handed, and George Papadopoulos was just one of the people Stefan Halper was setting up. They set him up in Italy, and they had him meet a woman named Olga as they started trying to to get him to say that he wanted the 33,000 missing Hillary emails. <laughs> they tried to put the word, come on, you want them, you want them. Well, we know those were in Christopher Ray's hands. Those were in Comey's hands. Christopher Ray testified to that. So they were going to plant the 33,000 missing emails. That was a joke. That was so that, they, that was a setup. We have all 33,000 emails and we have the deleted ones. We have all of them, 780,000 of them. But and they're in the FBI at this moment right now in Christopher Ray's hands. He says he hasn't, but they tried to set up George Papadopoulos. They tried to set up Carter Page, Sam Clovis, and anyone else that Stephen Halper, who is a British spy who works for us they, through the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, and he's was paid almost a million dollars during the election time to do studies that now they found that the people he named in these studies say they didn't had they didn't do any work with him they're all fake he also runs three fake banks that run uh, rogue CIA money and foreign uh, laundering money for elections that uh, are in Washington DC and right next door in Virginia and he's as corrupt as he can possibly be he he directed it this attack on the America this is really a, a full-on full-on absolute cyber warfare physical attack criminal warfare attack not just on the election on america and christopher Steele was the person used for this and all this evidence is coming out in lawsuits in america and in britain but at one point boris johnson they had paved a red carpet for george papadopoulos who literally was no one calling him trump's foreign advisor but because of this he could become significantly someone if he keeps tweeting these truths out to people i'm talking about red pilling a lot of people uh i want to go there yes you're right uh but boris johnson himself uh sir richard dearlove the ex-head of mi5 the head uh, all of the top dogs andrew wood all of them alexander downer joseph mifsud was just the agent and then when joseph mifsud couldn't get him to fall for the bait, even with Olga, the supposed niece of Putin, <laughs> and the $4.5 billion deal that's mentioned in the Russian dossier that says that George Papadopoulos was going to get, or excuse me, Carter Page was going to get $4.5 billion. Papadopoulos is going to have sex with Putin's daughter, as niece. And then when that didn't work, Stefan Halper offered up his own secretary, who George Papadopoulos had an affair with, okay? This is how absurd it is. And in the British papers, all this was talked about continuously, continuously, and then later, the setup on uh, Donald Jr., Donald Trump Jr., at the Trump Towers was done by Robert Hannigan, the head of their equivalent to our NSA, their head of their secret service, their cyber warfare, unit, uh, what they call the General Communications Headquarters, came to Fort Meade, Maryland, and through the Five Eyes informal agreement, spied on Trump during the election, using British eyes to spy. I mean, this is disgusting. Now, going back to George Papadopoulos, he is just beginning to wake up, and you're right. If he really woke up, now remember, they set him up in July of 2016. They didn't even interview him 
they had an informal interview with him uh, in uh, January of 2017, and then they didn't actually pick him up. They left this entire investigation open so they could spy on Trump with George Papadopoulos with this fake frame-up. All the way, this is unbelievable, from July of 2016, they didn't actually pick him up and interview him until one year later. And even then, he's been charged with nothing. He's been ruined through the Robert Mueller investigation uh, financially and in every other way. And he's only just waking up to the fact that he was duped. He was framed. He thought that that they, they actually made agencies, international agencies, which then they gave him the position of running so that he would have all these names and accolades. So when they took him down with the 33,000 missing Hillary emails that they were going to say the Russians gave to him, then the whole Russian dossier falls into place, doesn't it? Well, it never fell into place because George never went for the bait. Now, George, if you're listening to us, if a friend has passed you this audio, make sure to contact us because uh, Thomas Douglas Gabriel would love to have an interview with you and we'll make sure that people know your side of the story, something the mainstream media is not so keen to tell. That's a great offer, Betsy. Well, it's easy to contact us. I'm, and who else is going to tell his story? I'm teasing him now. And if he'd come on an interview with us, I'll apologize. Tell me the real thing. This is what I've heard you say. That's why I'm making these references. I didn't make this stuff up. I heard him say it. He, he said this in used. public. I think he was being used by the system. Oh, he was completely what they call a useful idiot in intelligence operations, counterintelligence. Well, then maybe Carter Page would like to give you a call, too. Carter Page was duped and used. He only recently realized uh, that he can sue the government for what they did because he was the Russian, supposed Russian spy inserted into the Trump campaign when, in fact, he was already on the payroll as an FBI asset working against Russia, and he actually brought, and this is in trials, where he actually was used as an agent and brought four Russians to be uh, tried, two of them convicted and put in prison. He was, at that point, called by the Russians a useful idiot. He was called by the FBI a wackadoodle. And he was a complete nutcase. And they they put a personal protection order to keep him away from the Trump campaign because as early as March 2016, when Comey tried to insert him into the Trump campaign, the Trump campaign kicked him out and said, stay away, you're a nutcase, and stop talking to people and stop lying. Okay, we got a little off the path there, but um, we welcome their calls, their contact. Okay, <laughs> now the next one, so let's wrap this up. We got Mattis and Nikki Haley, they're on their way out. Uh, we've got George Papadopoulos, who's getting woken. <laughs> getting woke. <laughs> he woke. He woke. And then... Let's get back to James Baker. Wrap it up before I ask you this exciting question. Um, And he is confessing. James Baker is one of the most disgusting lawyers on the face of the earth. He is Comey's bunk buddy. He approved the fake FISA warrants for Carter Page. He he approved Comey never filing any FISA warrants for surveillance in America. He approved the continuing surveillance of every American in this country. He approved of Peter Strzok's illegal activities. He is the one who approved of what someday will come to light, someday, I'm the only one saying this, national security letters written by Peter Strzok is what drove this whole thing. And I told you from the beginning that those FISA warrants weren't even necessary. And now we find out 
They were applied for, but there were no hearings. That's why Rod Rosenstein isn't so worried when he said that he signed it because there was no hearing. We now know that. Who is saying these things besides us, Betsy? Nobody. It's disturbing. Now, what we're going to tell you now, we already told you. James Baker has come out, well, excuse me, from uh, leaks from insiders, James Baker's uh, closed-door ser- uh, testimony, which we have yet to be uh, informed that he w- he's uh, asked for immunity, but I'm sure he will. But we told you that this is the way he'll do it. He'll give a couple pieces to let them know how serious he is that he is willing to roll, turn over, to turn on all those bunk buddies, to tell the truth for once in his life, and basically take the whole conspiracy down if he wants to, because he knows that he was working with Obama. He is now admitted to working with another lawyer from uh, Perkins Coie, not just Mark Elias, but this other one, Sussman. Uh, Michael Sussman, I think is his name. But they that is the 100% proof we've been waiting for, because we knew that the DNC paid Perkins Coie to pay Fusion to do what should be illegal. This is just lawyers hiding behind lawyers doing criminal activities for the Democratic Party, okay? And particularly John Podesta and Hillary Clinton, Donna Brazil and the and the uh, Debbie Weissman Schultz and the other ones who are the officials. Their criminals can be their uh, what they call their um, hacked emails and messages in the hacked DNC server. It wasn't hacked; it was a breach. Those, if you look at them, it shows their criminality 100%. Just by those, they should be convicted. So what is really going on with James Baker? He gave him a little taste, and now they're going to have to give him immunity to get the rest. So what are the tastes that we've been given? He testified in the Andrew McCabe uh, grand jury, uh, uh, investi- well, not investigation, considering his lack of candor, what, they, what is really lies and perjury, but they're calling lack of candor so he can get out of it. And he didn't roll over. And everybody said James Baker rolled over during that. No, uh, I didn't think so. And I predicted that he wasn't going to roll over in that. That's not big enough. They weren't asking the right questions there. So when he was asked behind closed doors and they ask all the right questions, he gave them certain answers. But he also didn't give them other answers. So the next time that you hear that he's going to be, again, questioned, it's going to be with 100% immunity. So right now there's probably an immunity deal going. So he revealed the direct connection we have been wanting from the FBI and the Peter Strzok attempt to basically meddle in the election and impeach Trump and then now just simply overthrow Trump with a coup d'etat, which is still going on with Robert Mueller. That's what James Baker can now testify to if he gets immunity. And we the connection to the Democratic National Committee that this was a conspiracy, that's it. He is the linchpin in the conspiracy. And once that happens, we can take this back all the way to Britain. And there's no stopping because we've connected the dots. We're just waiting for that one domino to fall. And then we're going to press it all the way. And the domino is probably Rat Rodenstein because... Rat Rodenstein said he was just kidding when he said he was going to put a wire on himself and go in and and trick Trump and then try to use that to convince, which he had already started on. That's why Nikki Haley is one of the first to jump ship because she doesn't want to be questioned while she's still an employee because then uh, she'd be fired and it'd be embarrassing because when you just keep pleading the fifth when you're an employee responsible and you're supposed to answer questions to an inspector general and you don't, 
You're usually getting a little trouble or, you know, you start to wonder if you're going to have a job. Well, her timing was very interesting in her resignation because it was, you know, these questions to Rod Rosenstein earlier the, mm-hmm. in that week about whether she was involved in oh, this wiring thing and trying to use the 25th Amendment to remove Trump. And she said no. But I tell you, Thomas, a year ago, I was hearing rumblings in the Internet that she was involved. Well, she certainly was involved because Rat Rodenstein and the FBI have dirt on her. She's a very mean, awful person. She didn't get to where she's at without doing a lot of dirty stuff. She didn't get and stay there. And now she's going to go out into public life and make a fortune having been a government employee. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, I suspect that she's going to make a whole lot of money wherever she's going. Or she'll have to go to a higher position than she was given, which is... Uh, extraordinarily unlikely because Trump has never liked her. He put I don't her there. think so. Not on Trump's watch. But let's yeah. move on. Now. No, I can't move on. James Baker is saying that Rod Rosenstein, he says he absolutely knows for a fact that Rod Rosenstein was serious and that that was a conspiracy and that he was going to do it, but he was told not to. Okay, holy moly. Can I just say it? That is the domino. Can I just say it? Please. Rod Rosenstein is Trump's bitch. Oh, at this point, at this point, you're going to see nothing more happen with the Mueller investigation. Mark my words, unless it's already been in process. There'll be no new actions taken because Rod Rosenstein is going to have to step down. He's already uh, suggested that he would step down five times and Trump isn't going to let him. Trump isn't going to fire him. Trump is going to make him keep exposing himself. Yeah. And why? We want him in office so that... We don't have to sue him in a civil suit. We can just simply take him down for treason and sedition because he has violated the oaths of his office. And he continues to do it every day. As long as he sits in that office, he's digging himself deeper in his own drama. The conspiracy goes on. If he doesn't immediately, because of what he has done, resign, admit he's guilty, and close the special investigation, which is illegal from the beginning, and don't get me started on that, then he is going to be toast down the line, and probably then his wife, Lisa Barsumian, Barsumian who is just as corrupt as he is, uh, it's going to start to bleed over into her, too. Now, Rat Rodenstein has been part of the uh, evil cabal with Hillary Clinton and James Chandler and Bill Clinton. And I always say, Bill, don't mention Bill because Bill's an idiot. He's got a good memory, and, and he, but he smoked too much dope and. and- Snorted too much coke, as we know. Yes, stay focused. Sorry. So we always say Hillary, but we don't say Bill. But please add Bill there, you know, because it's a team like Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, Rodenstein was there, and Mueller was there, and Comey was there from the beginning, stealing patents, stealing everything, setting up false laws, setting up fake uh, laws for evidentiary uh, admissibility, all these things. If you just look at their covering up 911, covering up every single scam, you know. Those three or four lawyers were involved. And we're going to get them. We will get them. Well, what's happening now is Rodenstein has said to everybody again, he didn't do it. Well, James Baker said he did. James Baker rolls, rolls over. So do others. Yes. Everybody's going to roll. If Rat Rodenstein doesn't want to come clean now, he won't get any immunity deal. He's going to go down hard James Baker's trying to go down soft. Remember, I told you the two biggest lawyers involved in this, right? John Carlin and James Baker. What did I tell you? They'll be the first to jump ship. Before they jumped ship, I predicted that they would jump ship. Why? 
They were the legal counsel telling these idiots they could do all this. Who do you think rewrote Comey's speech giving Hillary, who was never even considered in the, in, in the midterm uh, exam investigation, she was never even a, a target of that examination. There actually was no investigation. Who do you think approved all that? Who do you think wrote the language for Comey that then had to be approved by Peter Strzok, who's not a lawyer, and all of the uh, legalese taken out that uh, had any criminal intent or criminal uh, insinuations. That was James Baker. James Baker was involved in writing the FISA uh, request, uh, Title I for Carter Page. He was involved in all of it. If he turns over, which he has to, and I, we predicted he would probably be the one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just beautiful to us because it's now only a matter of time exactly as we told you. All right, folks, um, uh, in the next few days, uh, Michael McKibben and uh, you're going to get together and y'all have a lot to talk about. You're going to be talking about China and Axiom and the encryption keys that Hillary uh, has and some amazing details. You can't talk about that now, but we've got some great things coming. Can I say one thing about it? Yeah. His research is breathtaking. It is. It, it always is. His research team is amazing. And remember, these patriots work day and night for the rest of us out here so that we can get the intelligence we need to move forward because we know we can never count on the mainstream media, including, sorry, Fox News, but you just can't. You have to get your truth from other sources, and it's on you to get that truth because with the they're closing down. Did you see this? All these Facebook, Twitter accounts, all the conservative voices being shut down. There's no more free speech in America. George Soros' Atlantic Council's plan has uh, taken over Europe, Britain, and now it's come to America. And with Eric Schmidt's help, we literally do not have free speech here in this country no. at this moment. And then uh, we'll be looking this week also at some Trump tweets. But he's doing a lot of rallying right now, which needs to be done. We need to give him a super majority in both Congress, uh, both houses of Congress, okay? It's so important that you get out and vote these mid- midterms. We have to overcome the Chinese spies. Uh, Mitch McConnell, who won't raise, who won't lower the number of votes, you see. And so we have to get new senators in there. We have to get rid of all those pathetic non-MAGA uh, Republicans, and we have to get rid of the Democrats that are literally they're turned called, into the mobocrats. They're called mobocrats now. Mobocrats. And oh. that's the truth, folks. Just look at the way that they always mob everything. They think that if the mob comes out and gets violent, they win. It's it's sick. That's I, I don't even know a name for that. Okay, you ready for your big hairy question? Oh, wait, wait. Let me get ready. Wait. Okay. Now, Jackie wants to know, and all right, uh, her sister says this, and she wants to know if it's true. Her sister says that Islam has been and is under the control of the Catholic Pope. Is this true? <laughs> I, I told you we wouldn't need to have the question beforehand. <laughs> But a lot of folks do ask that. They want to know what is the relationship to I'm laughing Islam because somebody figured it out. And the Pope. What is it? Well, her sister obviously is a very bright well, woman. Jackie, Jackie's sister, do we have her name? Uh, no, but she is a Seventh-day Adventist. Jackie's so, sister, you're 100% right. And for those of you who've been following us, you know that we've already said this over and over and over and over again in our articles on the Whore of Babylon, which is Francis, the, the Jesuit Pope, of the no longer Christian Catholic Church, who has already accepted a position as the world pope, basically, when the UN closes down and moves to Kazakhstan to the new UN city that's already been built for it, which the pope 
has already sent emissaries to for their World Congress of Churches. I forget the name of it. But they have already built a building just for the Pope to come and take over all churches. Now, the problem with that is that they believe that the Islamic representation on that group of of, uh, ecumenical international uh, world religions should have like 90% of the vote. And so most of the members are Islamic. Well, now that's not so bad, is it? Uh, Because the Pope has already said that Jesus Christ and Muhammad are the same being. Go back, read our reports. We give you the multiple sources of him saying that. He literally says, now I don't know how he could say this because only an idiot would say this, let alone the Pope who's supposed to speak truth. But let's remember he also believes that open borders is a good thing and that the horrible migrant crisis and the 50, 60 million refugees made by the Obama nonstop bombing of seven countries during eight years, Obama was in war every day that he was the president and bombed almost every day. And if he missed a day, then he made it up on another day. So anyway, the Pope is not Catholic. The Pope is certainly leaning more towards Islam at this point, because that's where the new focus of the World Council of Churches is going. The Pope is a Jesuit, and he has surrounded himself by a group that can approve him or not approve what he says, and only if they approve is it what is called encyclical. Someone corrected me the other day, and I just want to say, the beautiful letter written corrected me. That is one of the, uh, what, three or four Betsy uh, in four years of uh, corrections, and really, uh, your correction was incorrect. I said very clearly that the Pope is always right when he writes an encyclical, and that is because his curia his group around him, the theologians around him, which traditionally have been Franciscans and Dominicans and Benedictines, but never Jesuits, because Jesuits are warrior, basically they're warrior priests, and they take vows that allow them to literally kill people in the old days. They were forgiven for the sins they were going to commit beforehand, and they were the called the soldiers of the Pope, And they did whatever the Pope said, and they basically created the Vatican Bank and all the other corrupt elements of the the popedom. And you know this because at one time you were a Jesuit. Correct. And and we predicted that this uh, mean evil... By the way, somebody said to me the other day, do you have any proof that Pope Francis was bad and that the guy he appointed as the head of the Jesuits is bad? I said, yeah, they killed thousands. I mean, doesn't everyone know that this guy... Led which guy? The, the that the Pope his and his 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 right hand man, his lieutenant that was in the country next to him, led the uh, what is called uh, liberation theology, which led to basically Maduro. It led to the it, it leads to socialism, folks. Let's just be clear: Francis Pope Francis is preaching socialism, which he wants to enforce with a form of fascism. And that's the reason he thinks he's in charge of the rest of the world telling them what to do. That is simply disgusting. He's also, remember as a Jesuit, he's an apocalyptic theologian. He wants the apocalypse to come now. He predicted it would come a year, uh, two years ago on Christmas. He's also predicted we're going to be visited by UFOs. He said that aliens have been here before and they'll come again. He's a amateur astronomer and he really really believes this and he has got 
very that good shows reasons. you how far removed he is from understanding the spiritual nature of the universe, that he has UFOs and beings like this. He's just a spiritual materialist. He can't see beyond the physicality of beings. This crazy nutcase that they elected as Pope, which I don't know how that happened, except that somehow the the Jesuits had already been appointed to the Curia before this evil Jesuit Pope came to power, and it, that might have had some political influence. But uh, this Pope has already made predictions that are absurd. He says, we're going to be visited by an alien, which will probably show that Jesus Christ was an alien, and or... And that he'll baptize him. And that he will baptize him. Right. And... and as a Christian, and if he's higher than Jesus Christ, he will ask him to baptize the Pope. I mean, this is the so when the when the when the there's a thing we've we've written reports on this. What's it called, Betsy? The blue ray, the blue, where they send up a, a, a holographic image. And so, mark my words, before this Pope dies, he's going to try some UFO appearance where the UFOs only come into Vatican City, into his little garden behind the wall, <laughs> baptize him, and give him the message, and then he's going to be the contact point. Well, I think it just shows how, how loony they are. They're loony. And, the, and when we get back to Islam and the Pope, we look at the refugee crisis here and how the uh, Catholic Church benefits from the refugees financially, as well as the human trafficking that's going on, the, largest the disruption, amount of money. the disruption of uh, Europe with these uh, invaders—they're not migrants; they're invaders, and they're invaders that have hidden behind religion, and they hide behind the Islamic religion as much as they hide behind the Pope religion. I, I, you know, because you, you know, your everyday practicing Catholic probably doesn't see this, but the Pope is using the Catholic Church to run his dirty operations, which some say includes horrific pedophilia. The pedophilia is beyond imagination, and what you have said is absolutely true, and the largest amount of money that the Catholic Church makes is off of these refugees, so the more bombing that Barack, uh, excuse me, Barry Sotero, Barack Hussein Obama did, the more money the Pope made. He's a fascist. In Kazakhstan, the new city, where he has already said uh, he was going to go and accept the position of leading this group, which he didn't because Trump came to power, Kazakhstan is run by a maniac fascist despot that, remember, has the lar- some of the largest uranium holdings and oil holdings in the world. They're so rich, they, they don't even have time to count all their money, and they basically are still manipulated by Putin pretty much. But this guy who runs the country is a complete insane maniac. Please read our reports on uh, Astana. Is that the way it's called? Mm-hmm. Astana, the new UN city. Because when you when you read this, you won't believe it. You will not believe it. He is such a fascist and he lies to everybody and he tries to say that his country is the best when it's literally, literally fourth from the bottom in human rights. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is the Pope. So when you ask me the question, let, let me put it very, very clearly. The Pope is an apocalyptic theologian who wants Armageddon to come right now on the battlefield outside of, of, uh, of uh, Armageddon. Well, Dion. so does Netanyahu. Uh, exactly. And so do the radical is, uh, so Islamics, and so do the radical Jews. All three of the people of the book that have been radicalized want this war right now 
Well, then let them go over there and bomb out of each other. Well, Hillary was going to drop a bomb on Damascus, which would have been the end of the last sign of the prophecy for the Mahdi, the Messiah of the Muslims to come. The Jews have been waiting for this for the signs, and they've seen the signs for the Messiah. And the Pope, well, he doesn't want to die before he comes to complete uh, hegemony of the world. He wants uh, Catholicism to rule the world through now what he sees is the most powerful religion. Remember, the popes have always gone with the winners. They supported Benito Benito Mussolini. They supported Hitler. They supported every fascist, Franco. They supported all of them. Whoever the the most powerful ones are, they get behind them, and then later they turn on them, ask everybody's forgiveness, and go on. They killed nine million women, called them witches. They've raped more people, more uh, more children, and more people. If we're gonna... Than anyone in the in all of history. Remember, they've been going on for two thousand years. This is institutionalized crime. They got canon law behind them. They got the Knights of Malta, the largest insider trading group that even the top top imams, top uh, the queen, you name it, they bow down and take fealty to the Pope. And then what does the Pope do? The Pope bows down to Islam and says, Jesus Christ and Muhammad are the same being. Unbelievable. I'm so glad that her sister asked the question because I love to get upset about the Pope. 